We are in Come Follow Me, week 49, which is Revelations chapters 1 through 5. And there were two things that were said in these chapters over and over and over, and I just want to center on those. So Revelations chapter 1, verse 3, it says, He that readeth and they that hear the words. And that, I think, so caught my attention because if we're reading, we're not hearing it's we're reading. So that's such an oxymoron. And I sat there and I thought, okay, why does it say it that way? And then that just caught my attention to verse 10 and heard. I was in the spirit of the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice. And then in chapter two, seven, he that hath ear, let him hear. Verse 11, let him hear. And then verse 29, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Verse three, verse, or I mean, chapter three, verse six, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Verse 13, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Verse 20, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come. 22, he that hath an ear, let him hear. And that just, I was like, okay, I thought of those words I told you that have stood out before to me in the Book of Mormon when it says, Laman and Lemuel would not. And it starts right at the tree of life. This vision as Lehi beckons and Nephi and Sariah and Sam come immediately to him. And then he casts his eyes and looks for Laman and Lemuel and they all beckon to them. Well, maybe they don't all. I can't remember in that, but Lehi beckons to them. And it says so powerfully, they would not listen. They would not hearken. That is a choice. And so when it says, let him hear, let him hear, he that hath an ear. And the fact that it says, he that readeth and they that hear. We are told that if we want to hear the voice of the Lord, we hear it in the scriptures. And it's so touching to me how many prayers I have had answered, how many times the Spirit has spoken to me, and it is in the voice of the scriptures, in the language of the scriptures, is he will bring back words to my mind, or a scripture to my mind, or words of a hymn, which are scripture. And that is so beautiful. We're also told if we want the Lord to hear us, we do that in prayer. So with all of this, let him hear, let him hear, let him hear. I thought, okay, what is it that he wants us to hear? And there's a second phrase in this, these five chapters that said over and over and over. And I have these highlighted. So let's start in chapter one, verse 17. Or let's see, no, sorry, chapter 2, verse 2. I know thy works, thy labor, thy patience. Verse 13, I know thy works and where thou dwellest. Verse 19, I know thy works and charity and service and faith. Excuse me, it makes me emotional. And thy patience. For chapter 3, verse 1. I know thy works, that thou hast a name. Verse 8, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. Verse 15, I know thy works. 
that thou art neither cold nor hot. Sorry. Chapter 5. And I love this. In verse 11, it says, And I beheld, and I heard. How beautiful is that? As it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear. I love that it says, And I beheld, and I heard. But this this message over and over and over that he knows us, that he sees the desires of our hearts, that he sees the works of our hands. And I want to go to chapter 5, 12 through 14, and this so encapsulates this message saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, such as are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing, honor, glory, and power be unto him that sitteth on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. And I know you know that the four and twenty is a multiple of twelve. And twelve represents the twelve tribes of Israel. That's all perfect. Um, So it's a multiple, which means even greater. God's power, authority, whole. So um, anytime we have a multiple of 12, it just means a fullness. And I cross-reference this to 1 Nephi, first of all, chapter 8, verse 30. And it says this. um, But to be short in writing, this is Nephi and Lehi's vision. But to be short in writing, behold, he saw other multitudes pressing forward, and they came and caught hold to the end of the rod of iron. And they did press their way forward, continually holding fast to the rod of iron, until they came forth and fell down and partook of the fruit of the tree. And I know I've shared before, I remember asking my kids what they thought that meant. And for me, it was always like just exhausted from the effort of continually striving and holding. And my daughter said it's gratitude. And man, that just opened my mind. And it's so tied into this that they fell down, verse 14, and worshipped him forever and ever in gratitude of what he has done for us that all we have to do is open our ears to hear that he knows us and that he will forgive us, that he is gracious, that he sees the desires of our hearts. And that is such a beautiful message. And so then in 1 Nephi eleven twenty four, this is Nephi then seeing the vision and getting the interpretation. And it says, after he had said these words, the angel, which is the Savior, who's taking him and explaining it to him, He said to me, look, and I looked and beheld the Son of God going forth 
among the children of men. And I saw many fall down at his feet, sorry, and worship him. I love that the message that I feel like this spirit really wanted me to share is God knows us. And I remember reading about the last days of this battle. And it can be so overwhelming for the youth. It is for my daughter. She hates talking about the second coming. And I remember feeling that at one point in time. But there was a scripture that said, he fights the battle. And I tried to find it. I'm sure it's in Revelations. It might be in Ezekiel with Gog and Magog. And it so struck me. And I looked through to see if I had marked it. And I will mark it when I find it again. He fights the battle. He's why we win. You don't have to think if you're good enough, if you're worthy enough, if you're strong enough. It doesn't depend on you. It doesn't depend on me. It's him. And I love this message the seals in chapter five that they're looking for someone and so heartbroken that no one can break the seals but the savior comes and does it and they're so grateful i remember a seminary teacher saying was there a plan b for the savior and we all kind of sat there thinking what 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 do you mean and he said there was a plan b for joseph smith if Joseph Smith had not done what he did, there was a plan B. There would have been someone else who was raised up and came forward and did it. Many are called, but few are chosen. God knows that we're weak and that we're fallible. And we may not do what, we're, what he hopes we will do. There was no plan B for the Savior. He is the only one. And we don't need to fear and tremble because he's done it already. He will do it again. He will save us. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. We are enough if we pair with him and if we get really good at repenting. God loves us so much. And it's his enabling power that makes us enough. It's his love that makes us worthy to be saved and his sons and daughters and children of light. And all we have to do is remember him and hear his promises and know they are sure and pair with him. And what a beautiful, beautiful message. I so love that. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.